What's up, guys? I'm Cora. And I'm Sharon. And this is Learning on the Job, a podcast for moms. Join us as we talk about our highs and lows and everything in between on this journey of motherhood. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Learning on the Job podcast. Uh, Cora, how are you doing? I know that you're getting ready for your big trip. I am. Um, yeah, so I'm getting excited. Um, I've been like setting things aside in piles, but I really, today is the day I need to pull out the suitcases and actually start packing. Um, yeah. I should have I should have done it today, but I'm going to try and get some of it started this evening. And then uh, tomorrow is the day that we take Claire to my parents in the evening. So I'm having a lot of anxiety about that. Um, I just put her to bed. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is like the last time I'm going to put her to bed for a week. And this is the last bath I'm going to give her for a week. So I gave her like a really good scrub down because, I mean, I'm sure my mom's going to give her baths, um, but yeah. usually she doesn't. So, like, I don't know. I'm just like weird about everything. Um, so getting that anxious mom mode, I'm definitely going to need to like get a drink after I drop her off or something to like take the edge well, off. Good thing you're going on a cruise. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the one thing that's kind of... Uh, a little bump in the road is that the weather or the day that we leave is supposed to be like really cold. Like the high out of Galveston is like 56. So I'm definitely going to show up on the boat in like a sweatshirt. And then once we get out on the waters, I don't know, maybe I'll change depending on what time we get out there and if it ever warms up because it might not, it might just be the end of the night or like into the night. And it tends to get kind of chilly on the boats in the evenings anyways. Yeah, I know even during the day usually on the cruises jake and i have been on we we usually wear a jacket or a sweatshirt or something even just walking around on the deck because with the boat with the speed like we've always been on super windy cruises Mm. where it's it's cold outside even if it's warm enough to go swimming it's still chilly to where we want to cover up i think i've been on maybe one where I actually wanted to just lay out in the sun on the deck and just warm up but everything else has been cold I feel that I did okay in the daytime on my last cruise um and it was late May so I think that's partially why um because you know it was already getting pretty hot but I do I mean I plan on bringing a lot of like uh cover-ups you know like what's the word I'm looking for like camisole type um oh, yeah. you know like cover-ups and stuff like that so that way if I do get chilly I'll have something to to throw over um but yeah how about you how have you been I've been good uh we all got hit with an allergy attack oh, the no. past few days so like Jenny woke up the other morning with a stopped up nose I woke up yesterday with a stopped up nose um, she's been coughing and I didn't start coughing till today, but I mean, overall we're doing good. This week is spring break. So my dad's been in town watching Jenny since Jake and I have work, but because we worked really hard last week and we had our big event on Saturday, our boss gave us today and tomorrow off Oh, awesome! so that we could have an extra an extra day um so that was really nice because last week was it was rough (laughs) (laughs) yeah well I saw you know the big event it looked like it went really well so you know it did it was a lot of fun it was my first time going to that event and I was really 
aside from being on the team that does registration and checkout, I was also on the team that did the auction items. So I was one of the ones in charge of setting all the auction items up, making sure everything looked good and doing all the staging. So nice. that was really what took up my whole time last week was because we set all the items out in our office so that we could make sure we had everything to set them up and we knew how we wanted them to look. And then there were several items we weren't going to get till the day of because they were from confinement. And so we, that I think that was one of our toughest things to do was we didn't know how big some of the items were going to be. So trying to manage spacing everything out and making sure that everything looked good. Uh, there was definitely a lot of shuffling the day of the event, moving different items around so that we didn't have a bunch of big items right next to each other and that just flowed well. All yeah, but I definitely went understand. Really well. well, that's great. Yeah. Okay, so this week, guys, we are very excited to have a special guest with us. Um, this is a little different than something that we've done before. So we're going to be talking with Lori Lisi about human design and how it can help you in all different areas of your life. And of course, motherhood, since that's what we're all about. But Lori, thank you for joining us. Uh, how are you doing today? Oh my gosh, I'm so great. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, we're really excited. Yeah, thank you so much uh, for taking the time to come and speak with us. Yeah. Uh, so can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and maybe what how you got into human design and a little bit about what it is for those of us who don't know anything about it? <laughs> for sure, for sure. So I am a retired teacher. Um, I was a public school teacher for 26 years. Um, I taught middle and high school and um, worked in in technology integration and then school change at the end of my career. And I pivoted um, about almost two years ago now. Um, I left teaching and kind of jumped a whole hog into this human design world. Um, I, I discovered it, uh, I think it was 20, 2019 or so. And, you know, I just, um, it was part of a course that I was taking at the time online. And uh, as soon as I started learning about it, I just like went down the rabbit hole and wanted to learn more and more and more. Um, so I started reading books and, uh, you know, taking in podcasts and learning all the things. And then I, went through HD school, which is Katie Irvine's, um, her, her program for teaching human design and certification. And, uh, since then I've just been, you know, doing readings for people and kind of helping them navigate through life, um, according to their design. So you asked, uh, what is human design? Great question. Um, the story is kind of crazy. Uh, it, it's a system and it is essentially a system of ancient systems that have been around for, you know, thousands of years combined with science. And when you bring the two together, 
uh, it creates the human design system. And essentially the, the purpose of it is to help you navigate your life and understand yourself better. Um, it can help you with, you know, understanding how your energy works. There are different energy types and it can help you with understanding how your specific energy type works as well as, um, you know, making decisions and what your strengths and weaknesses are and how to interact with others. Uh, there's so much to learn from it. And I think for me, um, the beauty of it is that it gives you kind of a permission that sometimes you didn't even know you needed. Um, as a mother, I would say I have two boys uh, who are teenagers. They are 14 and 16 and understanding their energy type and a little bit about their design has been super helpful for me parenting them just so I can support them because, you know, the different energy types really have different needs and they don't always fit kind of, you know, um, <laughs> they don't always fit perfectly into the routines and the expectations that our society has. And so understanding that and helping them to navigate that has really been uh, a game changer for us as well. So then I know that, uh, so Cora and I went online, as we told you, and we did our own little map. And it seems like it's mainly based on when you were born, from yes. what we filled out. So would this be something that if we were to put in our daughter's information, then that that's what their design is? It's not like a personality type of quiz? Correct. Uh, which is one of the reasons that I really love it. You know, I've, I used to nerd out on Myers-Briggs and mm -hmm. Enneagram and, you know, any of those kind of tricks and tools and um, ways to get to know yourself better. I loved all of those. And I think, and astrology, um, which human design does incorporate astrology. See, um, that's what I thought it was similar to, because it was basically putting in the same information to get like your rising sign um, mm -hmm. and, and whatnot. So I, um, and your sun sign. So I thought that was similar and yes. kind of knowing where you're born, I guess it has to do with like, not only the time that you're born, but the specific geological place uh, and, and where that yeah. takes place. Yeah, that's correct. So you have to know your, your birthday, um, your birth time, uh, the, the more like the exact time is pretty important uh, because there are some things that will shift. Usually not the energy type. Well, I don't even want to say usually because sometimes it does absolutely change the, the even the energy type. Um, but the more, the more like detail, you know, answer you can get like down to the correct minute, the better uh, you're going to be. And, uh, and then where you were born as well. So if you don't have that information, there are ways to get it. Um Sometimes contacting the the hospital where you were born, they will have records if it's not on your birth certificate. Uh, sometimes, you know, asking family and friends to help you kind of narrow it down. Uh, you can also use a pendulum, uh, which gets, you know, a little woo-woo and depending on how open you are to that. Uh, but there are ways to kind of figure out your birth time. But yes, that's all you 
have to do. So there's no like guesswork. I know with those quizzes, uh, for me personally, it was like, well, sometimes I like to do this and sometimes I like to do this. So like, which yeah, definitely agree. So you could be like, so, but with human design, it's just, you put in details that are not debatable really. And you get your, uh, it's called a body graph. Um, is the map that you were talking about. So, uh, and and the different systems that are involved, I mentioned astrology. Uh, you also have the Chinese I Ching. You've got the Kabbalah, which is like the, um, the kind of channel type things that uh, are in the graph. And then all of those shapes in there are based on the chakra system. So that's in there as well. That's what um, I was that wasn't That was going to be another thing I was going to ask because it looked like they were placed in the same place that chakras were. Right. The difference being that the traditional chakra system has seven chakras and human design has nine and we call them energy centers. But there mm -hmm. are a lot of similarities. There's a lot of like overlap. And then uh, and then you've got genetics and quantum mechanics that get pulled in as well when we start looking at gates and gene keys. Uh, so yeah, it's a it's a multi-layered system. And the easiest place to start is with understanding your energy type, your strategy, and your authority. That's kind of um, those are the three kind of basics that you want to try to master. And ultimately you can learn all of those other, you know, tiny little details, uh, and layers and layers and layers, but it always comes back to your strategy and authority. Okay. Yeah. And we will definitely put the link to the website that Cora and I use to get ours so that our listeners can go and do that and get their own. But I will say looking at it, there's a bunch of, there's the nine different shapes and all of the tracks and different colors and highlights. So yeah, if we could just walk through how to kind of read the map and then go over the three that you mentioned, the type, strategy, and authority. And then Cora yeah. and I can just kind of say what we are and kind of get a little bit of an understanding on that what that means that would be oh, yeah, I love it okay <laughs> uh so we we start with your type and there are five different energy types so uh the first energy type um is manifester and I'm not saying them in any particular there's no like order specifically but just the way that I like to go through them uh so manifestors are one type and they make up about eight percent of the population so it's pretty small percentage of people who are manifestors and essentially their energy is here to initiate they're here to like start things they're kind of the fire starters of the world uh they're meant to get ideas sort of like divine downloads even um and when they when they get their ideas and they feel the the momentum to move on them then they do that uh they have to run it through their authority which is like their decision making process to kind of be like okay is this something i should move on and then they let people know about it which is called informing and they move forward. Um, manifestors of all the types uh, are really not here to ask for permission. So 
knowing that you have a manifester as a child, for example, would be really, really helpful to you as a parent because you're going to want to give them as much agency as possible, right? Like as much as you can allow them to make their own decisions, you want to be able to do that as opposed to, you know, setting up very rigid routines for them that maybe don't feel like a good fit. Um, you know, if you've got a manifester as much as you can let them kind of call the shots, I think you're going to end up with a far happier child and in turn, happier mama. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, so that's manifestors. Then we have generators. Generators make up about 37 ish percent of the population. Uh, that's what along, I am. That's what you are. Okay, mm -hmm. great. Wonderful. I am also a generator. Uh, there are a lot of us. Um, I mean, compared to manifestors, for example, there are only 8%. So, uh, generators are like the energizer bunnies of the world. We're here to get stuff done. We're here to uh, do what lights us up first and foremost. And we have the energy to see that through. There's also kind of a flavor of mastery with generators. Like we uh, when we're doing something that lights us up, we tend to kind of dive deeply into it, learn a lot about it. You know, we, we have kind of a drive to become masters at that thing. Uh, and we are designed to respond to things. So pro tip for a generator child would be to offer uh, questions or things for that child to respond to, um, yes or no, or this or that, you know, um, offering options can be super helpful with a generator. If you ask a generator an open-ended question, like, what do you want for dinner tonight, guys? You <laughs> like, um, you know, <laughs> and versus if you say, all right, uh, I can do spaghetti with meatballs tonight, or I can do uh, shepherd's pie. Which would you like? And mm -hmm. even just giving those two options is a game changer because uh, what the generator is going to do is tap into their sacral. So generators are what's known as a sacral being, and your sacral is literally in your physical body about two inches above your belly button. And you're going to feel something there, a response. It literally is a response to your environment. So you get this question about shepherd's pie or spaghetti and meatballs, you're going to feel a response to one of those. Uh, and if it's a no, then we can ask some more questions. Okay, fine. Let's do yogurt parfaits for, you know, or uh, give, give two other possibilities, but communicating in that way, super helpful for generator children. Uh, and they are meant to respond. Same as mamas. Um, <laughs> then we have the, the only hybrid type, which are manifesting generators, and they make up about 33% of the population. Um, also sacral, uh, types. So if you think about um, the generators and manifesting generators together, that's about 70% of the population. So we really live in a generator world, uh, which is 
good to know, especially if you are a non-sacral being, because the world tends to kind of function as if everybody is an energizer bunny and just go, go, mm -hmm. go, 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 you know, and that's definitely not the case. Um, so understanding that is really helpful. Uh, the difference between manifesting generators and generators is manifesting generators are kind of the master of the pivot. So starting something, diving in, being really excited about it, and then kind of exhausting that interest and pivoting to something else. So there's a, a bit of mastery still um, with that generator feel, but it's also like, okay, how um, how am I going to like get many balls in the air? They're very uh, busy and multitaskers and, uh, you know, boredom can happen at which point they really should pivot. Just so as, I will say, yeah. I will say that makes a lot of sense because I did Ginny's really quick, my daughter's. And yeah. she's a manifesting generator. Claire's and a manifester. I, yeah, I, I will say like, Ginny, that's that's her to a T. She gets a new toy. That's all she wants. And then once she gets to a certain point, she's like, okay, I, I'm done with this. Or she'll drop a toy and it's like, squirrel. Oh, that makes a funny <laughs> sound. I'm going to throw all the toys on the ground. And it, she's just all over the place constantly. Oh my gosh. I love it. I love it. Um, that's so wonderful. It sounds like she's, I mean, the beautiful thing about young children is they haven't been so conditioned yet by the rest mm -hmm. of us. And so they really, it, they're such a beautiful example of living by their design. If we can just get out of the way. Um, yeah. so letting her do her thing is so great. You can be helpful to her by, Again, asking her those this or that questions, yes or no, that would be really helpful for that kind of generator part. Okay. And then she she also has that manifester part. So letting her have as much agency as you can, you know, you're in the toddler years. So she, mm -hmm. I mean, my guess would be like maybe a strong-ish personality. And so- She's definitely at the, we kind of talked about this a few weeks ago on one of our episodes, but comparing Ginny to Cora's daughter, Claire, Ginny does not want my help at all. If she has a puzzle, she wants to sit there and figure it out herself. If I try to guide her or help her, that's what makes her frustrated. She will sit there for 10 to 30 minutes trying to figure this out herself or figuring out how to do it her own way where she has fun with it. But she doesn't want my help. She doesn't want to hold my hand walking unless she absolutely needs it. And she just wants to do it all by herself. Love it. Oh, that's so good. And you you actually used one word that's um, helpful to know, which is frustration. Mm -hmm. So for generators and for also partly for manifesting generators, when they are sort of out of alignment somehow, frustration is that feeling that is the indicator to look for. So it's like, when, you know, when you are experiencing frustration, how can, how might you not be following, you know, the strategy of response, looking for other things to respond to, for example, from your generator part, and then manifesting generators responding, but then also informing, making sure that you kind of clear that path. And that would be important to let her know, you know, especially as she starts to get older, just saying, I, I have a manifesting generator. One of my sons is a, a 
we also call them man gens or manny gens. Um, and he was famous when he was, you know, three or four for just running ahead or like taking off from us and just kind of disappearing around the corner or whatever. And that informing us was so important and just like put us at ease knowing what he was doing. So we would constantly just re remind him, please tell us what you're doing. Um, and it's just the way their energy works that once they mm -hmm. inform you, then it just clears the way it puts everybody's mind at ease so that then you can help support them to do what they, what they wanted to do to begin with. Oh, okay. Hey. Uh, did you say Cora that uh, one of your children was a manifester? Yeah. So I also uh, just checked to see her while you were talking about it, and yeah, hers is that she's a manifester. So I thought that was interesting, okay. and I think it's very true to her personality as well. Because, um, I mean, I think a fire starter is a very good way to <laughs> um, <laughs> describe her. She's got a very fiery personality. Um, she was born um, a Leo. So I'm always saying, you know, she's got a very Leo personality. And I think that the two kind of go hand in hand. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's so great. Um, so great. And what type are you? So I am a projector, which I guess okay. we haven't covered yet. Yes, perfect. Okay, but let's um let's talk about that and actually I'm going to um kind of relate the the projector and the manifester sure. um component and it might be interesting to know what the rest of your family dynamic looks like. So the as I mentioned, generators and manifesting generators have that energizer bunny, have like that built-in battery with their sacral Mm -hmm. Um, the other types, the manifestors, the projectors, and then the last type, the reflectors do not have that. And so rest is really, really important for manifestors, projectors, and reflectors. Like it can't, I, I, I can't say it often enough or enough period. Um, and that's sort of what I was alluding to earlier with some of the systems that we have built and just this world that we live in is a generator world. And the, you know, projectors, manifestors and reflectors can all really struggle um, oftentimes with a stigma too of like, oh, you're lazy or you never want to do anything or, you know, just this um, real judgmental from the go-getter generator and manifesting generators. Um, so understanding that and knowing that your children and you in this case uh, don't have that kind of battery and you need to like recharge it differently than a generator or a man gen would is like a game changer. It can be really, really helpful um, and just help you to like communicate your needs. Um, so projectors are here uh, as guides. They are, if, if the, if manifestors are the fire starters and generators and manifesting generators are kind of the ones who are going to like get that uh, like fan the flame, you know, and get all the stuff like moving ahead. 
projectors are actually the guides to say, oh, I see where you're headed. I see your vision. Um, this is how we're going to get there. And they can often just look at a situation and have a, a really deep understanding of it um, just by how their energy works. Uh, they have the type of aura that is piercing and it literally like sees you <laughs> in a very different way. Um, so I, projectors are amazing. Uh, they're about 20% of the population. So again, like in the minority, um, and there are more projectors now being born than there have been, uh, which is fun and great because we need them. We need, you know, that kind of visionary, um, energy, um, projectors, their strategy is to be invited, which can be kind of challenging for projectors. But the idea is that projectors are going to lean in really hard to what they love to do and basically wait to be kind of recognized for that and drawn forward. So, you know, once people see like, oh my gosh, you know, she's so talented with, you know, X, Y, Z, they're going to be like, how did, how do you do that? How do you, you know, and, and start asking you questions and start asking you to share. Uh, so you basically just need to follow, you know, what pulls you forward and listen to that natural pull and trust it. And know that the people who need that guidance from you are coming, you know, they, they come to you. Um, so those are projectors also because of that non-sacral really need that rest. So my other son is a projector and I'll tell you, so he's a junior in high school at this point, uh, has never been a great sleeper, like, you know, just not so much on a schedule, so to speak. Uh, but he, uh, he just has the hardest time getting up in the morning, you know, and functioning on a school schedule. Uh, the ideal work week for a projector would be, you know, five to 10 hours a week, honestly. Uh, and it, you know, I would recommend reading Tim Ferriss's the four hour work week for projectors because if they can master, you know, if they can use that insane brain that they have and like vision that they have to just create something that will sustain them and give them the flexibility to not have to work, you know, an eight to five job that's like ideal for a projector also for manifestors and reflectors because of that non-sacral sacrals are the ones who you know are better better equipped to sustain a long a long day not necessarily that we want to or you know doesn't mean that you can't burn out but um just important for rest for the non-sacral types uh and then the last, uh, the last type, the last of the five is a reflector. And that's only, they're only 1% of the population. So wow. very tiny percentage. Yeah. And they are sort of like our cosmic mirrors. Uh, they essentially mirror what is in front of them. So it's really important for them to take a lot of time 
ideally they take like a full moon cycle. They're very connected to nature and very connected to the moon and sort of cycles in general and patterns. Uh, and they are designed to, yeah, just what's called wait a lunar cycle, but basically like really taking their time and letting, um, letting kind of life unfold and the right environment for them is super, super important. So wherever they are living, whatever their, you know, surroundings are and the people who are around them are really, really important because they're constantly taking on the energy of that space and of those people. Uh, so, all right. What questions do you have? Um, I don't know about questions, but I do just want to say that pretty much everything you said about the projector resonated with me so strong. Um, it's like That's it was funny. like you were reading off my like personality <laughs> to a T. And um, I don't know if you know this, but like I work as an event coordinator. Um, so it's like a very big picture job, first of all. Um, and second of all, I do get very drained very easily. I'm I'm naturally like even though I can be very bubbly, I'm naturally an introvert. I need time to myself to recharge. And that being said, like be, my job is very flexible. And the reason that I love it so much is because it allows me to like start my day later if I need to and spend time with my child if that's what like I need to prioritize the time. So just all of that really it, it helps me to feel like I have a good understanding of myself because <laughs> it's clearly all the things you said are like things that I feel about myself. So I like that. Um, that was interesting. <laughs> so good. Yeah. So good. I feel and like I'm like the complete opposite. I'm, I don't like just sitting down for too long. I feel like I have to be moving and I'm an extroverted or I'm an introverted extrovert. Like I, I love talking to people. I love being in the office and I don't, I don't rest. Like I, I don't like to take naps. I don't like to do any of that. Even if I do get tired, I hate taking a nap because then I feel like I'm just drained for the rest of the day. It doesn't recharge me or anything. Oh, I love it so much. Uh, Cor, do you take naps sometimes? I do. Oh, yeah. Do. I love yeah. a good nap. <laughs> yeah. We, I can I, take I a nap t- like an hour after I wake up. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I love it. Uh, <laughs> I, I just call it the projector nap because almost every projector I know who is somewhat aligned, they have a napping practice. You know, they, they, it's, it's really important. It's just like, it's, it's kind of like how you recharge your battery, you know, and you don't necessarily have to sleep even, but just literally getting horizontal can make the difference. So or just I know having for- time to like, let my brain rest is really like, sometimes it can be as simple as like watching something mindless or scrolling on my phone for a little bit, or just sitting there and listening to a podcast. But yes. I just, I, it's when I've got too much chaos going on in my brain, it's hard for me to focus on my like prioritizing tasks. So I need to give myself time to recuperate before I can actually do those tasks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And whenever, like when I'm at work and I need to step away from the computer or I need to not focus on what I've been working on for hours, I go and just talk to somebody. <laughs> like I'll go into somebody's office and have a conversation or go sit in our little common area and just try and talk to somebody and get my mind 
still going but in conversation and not on work I love it that's so great um I think having uh having a good understanding of how you know your energy type works can be just so helpful and knowing like what the two of you are sharing is essentially telling me that you're in alignment with your energy type which is great mm-hmm. because it's going to essentially the more in alignment you can you can be on a daily basis the easier things are going to be for you just things will feel more in flow uh, which is a lovely thing. And obviously knowing these things about your children and knowing how to support them, you know, with, with the non-sacrals, if they're living in a house with generators um, or manifesting generators, then they're going to take on that energy. Uh, and so just even having space, like having their own room to go up into and be away from everybody else's energy can be really helpful and kind of rejuvenating for them. Yeah, I really want to do my husband's now to kind of round us out. I just I don't know what time he was born. I have to. Yeah, I was literally thinking the same thing. Like, I wonder (laughs) what Chris is. And in my mind, I feel like he's a manifesting generator because he is sometimes a bit restless, too. Um, he has a need to get things done, but he also like needs time to recharge. So I feel, I feel like-, like Jake might be more of what you are, Cora, because he 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 is an introvert, but he he's like you. He can he can be bubbly. He can be around people whenever he needs to, but he he has to take that time to himself on and scroll through his phone or not talk to people. And then he can come back and do it if he has to. But yeah, he's, I, I could definitely see that he's more in the line with what you are. <laughs> that's fine. And Ginny and I are over here going to be the socialites. And that's her to a T going, like every time we go out, she's waving hi and bye to people and smiling and flirting and just having a grand old time. Oh my gosh, I love it. <laughs> Uh, well, if you if you look at your body graph and you see all of those different shapes, uh, do you notice that that some of them are colored in and some of them are like white or neutral color, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So those being the energy centers, if you are a manifesting generator or a generator, then the sacral center, which is, uh, if you look at the bottom of your body graph, there's a square at the bottom, and then you have another square right above it, right? Mm-hmm. The, um, so that second square, uh, the one that's right above the bottom one, that's the sacral center. And so if you have that colored in, you're automatically going to be either a generator or a manifesting generator. If you don't, then you're either going to be a projector, a manifester, or a reflector. So you can tell a lot from a chart just by looking at that one center. So each of the the centers uh, can give you a lot of information as well, uh, which which is, you know, fun to kind of experiment with. Um, Ultimately, human design is an experiment. It's it's meant to give you the information and then you sort of decide, 
okay, well, I'm just going to play around with it. You know, like now that I know that I'm a manifester, for example, uh, how do urges come to me? You know, just start kind of noticing uh, how do you get intuitive hits? Like, how does your intuition speak to you? Do you hear things? Do you see things? Do you uh, just have this knowing, for example? And then uh, when, you know, when you figure that out, or you kind of experiment with it a bit, then think about experimenting with your with your authority which is that decision maker you know 50% of the population has an emotional authority and so that means that we are designed to make decisions not not like when we are emotional like we're here to feel our emotions like very deeply uh but the idea is that we feel them and we don't make a decision when we're super high and excited and like, you know, that sounds great. That's a great idea. And we also don't make a decision when we're really low uh, on what's called the emotional wave. We, we kind of have to experience the highs and the lows and then just come to this place of neutrality where it's like, you know, if you were thinking it sounded like a good idea, yeah, sure, that's good, you know, without being super charged about it. Uh, so 50% of the population is actually designed to make decisions that are informed by your emotions, which is so fascinating to me. That was one of the things that was really interesting about human design because uh, there's so much conditioning about don't ever make decisions, you know, based on how you feel. And actually that's um, ultimately that's kind of correct for 50% of the population, you know, in the end, it's how does it make you feel? That is the answer that you need. So, you know, if you're uh, an emotional manifester, for example, and you get an intuitive hit that you should, you know, move, like maybe, maybe there's something, maybe there's something that's happening that came into your awareness where you feel like you need to move locations. Uh, if you have an emotional authority, then, you know, you're going to want to give it some time to make that decision. Uh, and as a parent, knowing if your child is an emotional child or not is also really helpful. So if you look at your body graph, uh, it's the emotional center is at the, uh, it, it's like the right triangle uh, toward the bottom. So there are you've got the bottom square that's called the root. And then the one up from that is called the sacral. And then if you look to the right of that, that is your emotional center. It's the, the kind of sideways or triangle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't have mine highlighted, but Jenny does. And I will say Jenny has all but one of the, of the centers highlighted in some color. I wow. only have four highlighted. So, nice. so Sharon, or, oh, Sharon uh, Claire is similar. <laughs> she has 
none she has the right side um highlighted but i don't i have the left side highlighted and she has three out of or four out of six of them highlighted um and so in her so hers is definitely acting um her authority is acting on emotion yeah if um and so I would say if you have an emotional, if you have a child who has an emotional authority, helping them to feel through their feelings, super important, teaching them language about emotions. You know, I, I love, um, it's the Center for Nonviolent Communication, it's called, which is kind of like a scary name, but okay. <laughs> it's basically, they just have a list of all kinds of emotion words and feeling words. And, you know, even having that list up on the refrigerator as your kids grow older and becoming really uh, knowledgeable about different ways to express emotion would be a great way to support them because they're going to need words to, to describe to you what they're feeling uh, and then the other thing to know is if that center is open or what's called undefined, uh, if there if it's not colored in, then anytime you have a center that's not colored in, what you're actually doing is taking in the energy from other people who have that defined. So if you can imagine yourself as a non-emotional, you're going to take in the feelings of others, the emotions of others, and often you amplify them. So you make them bigger, you make them, you might feel it even more strongly in the moment than they are. So as a parent, understanding that, you know, your emotional child may feel disappointment. If you are a non-emotional, you might feel that disappointment a lot more strongly than they are actually experiencing it. Do you know what I mean? It's I like that. Yeah, it's an it's mm -hmm. an empathetic. It's basically empathy. So understanding that can be really helpful as well. It's like just kind of soothing yourself and helping yourself understand that okay, I know I'm amplifying this because I'm open here and she's going to be okay. You know, she's like, I'm just going to give her the language to work through this and, uh, and she'll, you know, move through the wave and it'll be, you know, it'll be gone. It's passing. It's temporary. Um, and for you as a non-emotional, it's really about like kind of setting boundaries and just understanding that if emotions get too big or really hard to kind of navigate, you can just physically remove yourself from the situation, move to the next room and get out of that aura. And you'll, you'll be able to come into equilibrium and, you know, better balance for yourself because you're literally like shaking off the energy of, of all those emotions. So if I understand you correctly, if, if the center isn't colored in, then that means we take in the that energy from other people. Mm -hmm. So then for somebody who has, like I, like I said with Ginny, if she has all of hers colored in except for one area, what exactly would you say that that means? Like she's yeah. just giving off all that energy? <laughs> yep, exactly. So it's like you are a transmitter 
of the energy if it's colored in that center. Mm -hmm. And if it's open or not colored in, then you are like the receiver. You're like, yeah, again, just so spot on because (laughs) I've got zero colored in. And I like my entire life, I've been described as like an, you know, an emotional sponge or that I like, I'm very empathetic. I gravitate people's energies. Um, I gravitate towards them and people gravitate towards my energy. I just absorb everybody Mm -hmm. else's energy around me. If somebody's upset, I become very anxious. Um, so yeah, I totally can see that. (laughs) How many did you, how many centers do you have colored in? On the emotion side? Oh no, just on the whole body graph. You on didn't see bo- zero, did you? No, no, no. Well, no, no, not okay. on the whole body graph. I have uh two. Okay. I have one okay. on the bottom and then the one on the, uh, the other triangle. But, okay. Yeah, but okay. you know how like some of them are colored in e- even if the, the whole Yeah, like the numbers. I don't have any numbers on the emotion side co- colored in. Yep. Okay. So that means that we call that a totally open. You're just totally open emotional solar plexus. If you have some of the numbers highlighted, mm-hmm. that means, but not the whole center, then that means you're undefined. Got that, you. That's all. Yep. Yep. So it's sort of, you know, like I said earlier, there are so many different layers <laughs> to mm-hmm. human design. And so we're just sort of peeling back the onion here. And those are, those are some of the onion peels. Yeah. Um, and I know we're not going to get to everything today. Just yeah. Because uh, there, it just seems like there's so many. We may have to bring you back for a so part much. two at some point <laughs> because I can just tell that Cor and I can just ask all the questions. But I did want to ask the smaller triangle that is on yep. the right side by the emotion, but a little more upwards. What is that yes. one? So that's the ego or the heart center there. And uh, let's see. Uh, I think it's about 30%, maybe a little less. Um, hmm. I might not have the percentage right, but a, a relatively small percent of people have that defined. So okay. it's, it's pretty common to have that center undefined. Uh, and it's, it's a center for willpower as well as uh, worthiness you know, so sort of that human wound of always wondering if we're good enough, if we're what a fill in the blank enough, uh, that sort of lives in that center, that kind of energy. Okay, yeah, that's the one center that Ginny doesn't have colored in. Yeah, she does okay. have one of the the numbers. Yeah, so does Claire. And myself, actually, I think. Yeah. All right. Those so numbers then- are called gates. Okay, great. Yeah. Yeah. So then I guess my next question is for reading the map, there's all these different pathways from that that go that connect I guess they're connecting the gates are connecting to other gates in other centers. Correct. Um some look at mine and Jenny's, some are highlighted all the way, some are only yep. highlighted a small portion. Yes. Um so what exactly can you tell us about those? Yeah. So those are called channels. Uh, and each of the channels, well, they're, they're channels and gates. So what you referred to as pathways, the connectors to the centers, okay. those are the channels. Okay. And then the numbers in each of the centers are called gates. Mm-hmm. And 
essentially, if you have a full channel, uh, we're going to get into some more layers here, but um, there are two ways to, to kind of have definition. You can either have definition in your design or your personality. Uh, and so your design is unconscious and your personality is conscious. So some of your channels could be conscious and some of them could be unconscious, uh, which is to say that if they're conscious, you know, you're a little, you're more aware of, of that energy oftentimes, whereas if it's unconscious, it might, it might be something that other people see in you and identify in you very easily, but you don't necessarily see it in yourself. Uh, I do find that the older I get personally, the more I come to understand how my unconscious channels kind of play out in my life. Um, so channels are some, something that we look at for strengths so that, uh, that information can be helpful. Uh, but as you can see, there are a lot of channels and a lot of gates. So when we start getting that detailed, I usually recommend having, having, you know, a sit down where we take a look okay. at your chart and really dive into it and understand all of the nuances, um, but yeah, in a nutshell, that's sort of what those pieces mean and what they are. Okay. Yeah. So I, I would say, you know, going back to kind of the, the type strategy and authority, um, even just understanding those three things about both yourself as well as like your partner and your children can be hugely supportive for, for you functioning as a family. Now, what's interesting with human design and just the way our energy works is when you get more than, when you get three or more people together, um, your energy starts like you, you kind of work as like one energy ball. <laughs> it's like <laughs> you you sort of lose some of the things that make you unique when you're by yourself in order to like come together and function as a group. So, it, you know, and if you think about being in a group, that's often something that you can identify with, right? The like energy is a little more manufactured. Yeah, it's like, uh, you know, sort of group think for la lack of a better way to put it, but like, just how when you get together with a group, it's like you need there are compromises that need to happen, right, in order for things to move forward and whatnot. Um, and so it really narrows down in human design to kind of the center of human design. And you can see that there are channels that run through the very center of the chart from the bottom center, which is the root all the way up to the top center, which is the head. And those are the channels that kind of come into play. But when you're, you know, when you're separate or whether when it's just the two of you, then your energy interacts a little bit differently. So really knowing, you know, what is my child and my partner's type, you know, even just knowing, are they a sacral or a non-sacral? If they are a sacral, I know they they're going to be busy. I have to I have to make sure that they they have something 
to be doing. They feel like they're contributing. That is super, super important. If I have a, a projector, I want to give, you know, him, him or her, they, a very, um, a, a agency, you know, like I want to put them in charge when I can, you know, there's, <laughs> there's kind of this element to projectors sometimes that can be like bossy pants or like, well, you know, you, you ask them for advice and then don't take their advice and then come back around to them when they, you, that when you screwed up and they're like, well, I told you so, you know, <laughs> you should have listened to me. Um, so as much as you can ask your projector child for, you know, what do you think? Uh, what do you see? Because they're going to see things differently. Great way to empower them. Uh, manifestors, giving them the opportunity to take the lead on things. You know, if you're planning something for the family, maybe they have some ideas or some things that they feel really compelled or want to do uh, as much as you can give them that, you know, empower them that way, that would be great. And then if you have a reflector, first of all, note how special they are because they are just amazing, you know, special human beings, uh, only 1% of the population. And whatever you are getting from your reflector, it's a reflection of you. <laughs> so knowing, you know, if you're not liking what, you know, what's coming coming out of that child's mouth, um, understanding like how you can kind of think about what do, what do I need to adjust here? Or how, how can I, you know, change how I'm communicating, for example, uh, and spending as much time as you can outside with that reflector, super important. So, okay. yeah, yeah. So I think the last question that I have right now is for the strategy. So are there multiple types? And because uh, Jenny and I have the same type, which is to respond. And so I don't know if we covered much about the different kinds of strategy and exactly what that really is to our type. Yeah, yeah. So yes, each type has a strategy. And I mentioned it um, yeah. when I was talking. Like mine about was the wait for the invitation one. Right, exactly. Yeah. And that uh, that response uh, for the generator and for the manifesting generator, um, it's actually wait to respond, which I know when I first learned that, especially as a fast moving generator, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> wait, that's like not a part of my vocabulary. My first instinct is to respond and people think <laughs> I, I I'm talking back or whatever, but I'm like, no, I'm I'm just responding to whatever you said to me. Exactly. Exactly. So the beautiful thing about having the the wait to respond as a strategy is, especially in the world we live in today, there's never a lack and you don't have to wait long <laughs> to respond to something. So literally, as soon as you wake up in the morning, you know, you open your eyes and there are things to respond to, right? I look outside. I live in Vermont. I look outside. Okay. It's snowing. Great. I'm going to have to put my sweatshirt on, put my, you know, um, so the idea behind response is, is opening up to what's outside of you and responding to your environment as opposed to responding to what you're thinking about in your mind. 
So a lot of human design is about embodiment and about trusting what your body is telling you about um, really paying attention to the cues that your environment gives you. That's essentially what response is about. Got it. And can you just uh, go over a little bit of what to inform means? Because I know, or as a manifester, that's what Claire says. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, earlier I was mentioning the idea of like a manifesting generator having to inform because they both respond and inform afterward. The idea here is just once you get an like an urge, we call it an urge uh, from outside of yourself, essentially, uh, you need to inform. And informing is basically just telling the people around you, this is what I'm going to do. That's all. And it can be very simple. Uh, for example, a manifester um, walks, you know, walks into the room and is going to, um, you know, gonna decides to bake a cake. So you happen to be sitting down reading a book and you're about to fall asleep and you want to take a nap and the manifester is in the kitchen making all kinds of racket. Um, if the manifester had just said, hey, I'm coming in, I'm going to bake a cake. I decided blah, blah, blah. It's mom's birthday tomorrow. So that information would be super helpful to you because you're going to take a nap. So you'd be like, okay, great. I'm going to take my nap upstairs. Uh, and, you know, that's maybe not the best example, but it is in terms of it works to smooth the way. Otherwise, uh, you know, it, there could be some friction, right? Like the person going to take a nap would just be like, come on, you know, you're not like, you're not considering me, you're totally ignoring me over here, whatever. And uh, you would give, you know, there there would be some friction potentially there versus if the words just came out, then it would, you know, it smooths, smooths the way. So I think of it like laying out the red carpet, you know, it's like if, if you want to be able to start those fires, if you want to be able to initiate things as you should as a manifest, Fester, then you've got to like kind of smooth the ground in front of you for the rest of us. So we just, we just know what's up and we can also support you that way. So that's awesome. what informing is about. Yeah. Awesome. Sorry. <laughs> no. okay. I thought my service, uh, Sharon froze on me for a second there. So for, I was oh, worried no. my, my oh, service. Sorry. No, you're okay. Uh, well, thank you so much. I feel like you've definitely given us, um, you know, a general overview and a lot more insight into what human design is all about. It's definitely really interesting. Um, and I definitely feel like it definitely, definitely gave us a lot of insight into what our daughter's personalities potentially could be like and ways that we could kind of combat this um, ahead of time to just know communication strategies and how people you know, intrinsically work. So thank you so much for all that. Mm, so good. It's so good. It's, I feel like especially 
Uh, if you are the parent of a non-sacral being, you know, I, because I mentioned we live in this generator and manifesting generator world. And if you are a parent of one of the non-sacrals, a manifester, a projector or a reflector, even just knowing that and being able to support, you know, your children with that type of energy uh, can just be so helpful for them. And I think they will feel so understood, <laughs> you know, uh, and the younger they are when you as a parent are, un you know, understanding this, just the better off they're going to be. And you and so much happier for the rest of your family as well, because I think you can, you know, you can really set up routines and, uh, you know, schedules and whatnot to support them as well as yourself, you know, depending on what your type is. So, yeah, yeah. It, it was really interesting. And like you said at the beginning, I'm definitely one of those people. I really love the Enneagram. I've, yeah, I'm that person that the first time I took it, I had three types that I could, that were like my top that I couldn't really decide which one I was. And so I've taken it many times and I feel like I finally have found the one that may fit me the best. But I think this one, knowing that this isn't, this is more of like, kind of like what you said with the astrology and it's based off of like who I am of when I was born and just that energy that I have, it, I can definitely see a lot of how I can, how I am in different situations like you were explaining and that's really cool and I agree with Cora it's going to be interesting knowing this stuff as the girls grow up and as they start the big thing learning their emotions and us trying to guide them through their emotions it's going to be really interesting it's definitely so an excellent tool to have I feel like yeah yeah there's no guesswork right for in terms of the enneagram and whatnot um, yeah. and as i'm listening to you and i'm feverishly like nodding my head <laughs> and, mm -hmm, um i should mention that that is a very generator thing to do uh and it's one example of something that we often get conditioned out of because you know we're told well, don't, you know, you need to say yes, the, say the word, don't just make the sound, uh-huh, or uh-uh, but that's actually what generators are designed to do. We are equipped with this, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I do that all the time. <laughs> I've been doing it the yes. entire time that you've been talking. Exactly. It's so good. So, you know, a great example for your children when they're doing that, just know, oh, okay, there's the generator. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh, and encourage that because that will, that you're basically encouraging that relationship with the sacral and them just expressing it through their throat. So, so good. Mm -hmm. So good. Well, thank you so much. I'm so glad you took the awesome. time to chat with me today. Uh, and I know you you got your charts uh, from, I think it was Jenna Zoe's uh, website, who is wonderful. I've learned mm -hmm. so much from her. And you can also get your chart printed on my website as well. There's, okay, I, awesome. I set it up so you can, you can look at it there and it'll give you uh, your type strategy authority and it'll also give you some other information. Yeah. So. Okay, great. Yeah. 
Well, before we let you go, um, we would love to do just a quick thing that we do with all of our guests that come on to uh, our podcast. It's a quick round of rapid fire questions. They're really okay. easy. Um, they're just kind of lighthearted, uh, get to know you type of questions. Just Sharon and I will ask you them and you just say the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. All right. Do you want to start or do you want me to start, Sharon? I can start. Okay. Okay. Uh, favorite pizza topping? Mm, green peppers. What's your favorite month? June. Chocolate or vanilla? Oh, chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Biggest pet peeve? Uh, hmm. Waiting. <laughs> okay. The last song you downloaded? Last song. Oh, I am a huge Noah Khan fan. Uh, and he has a song called Stick Season that talks a lot about Vermont, and uh, <laughs> it's wonderful. <laughs> oh, I literally just heard that song on TikTok this morning. It's very pretty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. yes, he's great. He's great. I I, I have never heard of him before, but I followed him because I was a fan. <laughs> Yay! Oh, so good. All right. So good. Uh, name a place you want to visit. That I want to visit, uh, Bali. Okay. Oh yes, it's on my list. Mm. Uh, last one: morning person or night owl? Ooh, uh, I would say night owl. Yeah, same. I'm a morning person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I don't mind so much. I don't know. I I prefer staying up and. I kind of hit my groove, you know, after the morning has gotten going. And- Me too. <laughs> I feel like mine changes with the day because mm-hmm. like there there are definitely times when if Ginny can sleep in, then I'll try to sleep in. But I'll, I'll get to a point where I keep falling back asleep, but maybe for like five minutes or so. And then mm-hmm. I just keep waking up and I'm my mind is awake, but my body is still tired. So then I just end up laying in bed, scrolling through my phone on social media because I'm awake. I just don't want to get up. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's a whole other thing. Remember I mentioned <laughs> you have an unconscious and a conscious side? Well, the unconscious is like related to your body. So you can have oh like a totally different type that that is your body. And so like, for example, I am a projector. I have a, like a projector design in my body. And so sometimes, yeah, I really feel that. I'm like, Ugh, I'm pooped. So, yeah. Well, thank you again so much for visiting with us. We really enjoyed this conversation. And like we said, we may have to bring you back um, or something because we have so many more questions Mm -hmm. and want to understand it all. But can you tell our listeners where they can find you and if if there's anything that they can do uh, with your services? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So I'm on Instagram at Lori Lisi. And I have my website is just laurieleeside.com. And you can, as I mentioned, get your chart on my website. So it'll give you kind of the basic information, mm-hmm. you know, what your type is, strategy, authority. Uh, and some of my feed has uh, some of the basics in it, although I don't really cover a ton of it. If you're interested, though, in 
looking at your chart and really coming to understand it or your kids' charts. Uh, I do readings, as I mentioned. So I have some that are specifically designed for relationships even. So if you're looking for like you and your partner and how you kind of come together, what your energy is like together, your strengths and weaknesses. Uh, and you can also do that with your kids uh, or we could you know, just take a look at your charts individually. So all of those things are super helpful to know. And all of that information is also on my website. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you once again. Um, I hope everybody enjoyed this conversation as much as we did. Um, as always, if you guys have any other ideas for topics that you'd like to see us cover, or maybe you have some follow-up questions from what we discussed today, please reach out. Uh, we're always interested in knowing what you guys think. Um, so you can find us at Learning on the Job Moms pretty much all over social media, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, or email us at learningonthejobmoms at gmail.com. Yeah, and we'll be sure to tag you on Instagram and link your page and everything so that it's really easy for our followers to find you. Yeah. Perfect. That's great. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Thank you. All right. Well, we'll talk to you next time. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Take care. Bye-bye.